Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, your home for stories, inspiration, and advice from athletes over 40. I'm your host, Robin Leggett. I'm a later in life athlete who became a roller derby skater in my 30s and a runner and obstacle racer in my 40s. Now I'm an athletic aging coach who helps women over 40 experience the massive life benefits that come with exploring your athletic potential at any age and any fitness background. If that fires you up, keep listening. Let's do this. I'm going to start today with a question, seasoned athletes. And my question is, do you feel like you're too old or it's too late for you to not just start a new sport, but to be competitive? Okay, I'm going to get more specific here. Can you envision yourself competing on American Ninja Warrior? Did you just answer with a resounding, heck no? I mean, sure, most of us would. I'd even go so far as to say about a decade ago, today's guest would have answered with a resounding heck no. Today, I'm talking to Melissa Huff. She is a true later in life athlete. She never played sports growing up. She never played sports as an adult. Like, never. But today, she can call herself an American Ninja Warrior. So how did Melissa go from zero, like zero athletic background for most of her life, to becoming an obstacle racer and ninja warrior? Bet you want to know, right? Well, that's what we're going to get into in this episode. So let's do it. Here's Melissa Huff. Hi, Melissa. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge on our listeners today? I definitely am. That's That makes me really happy to hear. <laughs> So you are Melissa Huff. I don't want to get too much into your story because I do want you to tell the story, but your story is one that our listeners are always asking for, and that's the later in life athlete story. And yours is definitely one of those. Um, you're the mother of two adult children. Uh, you are a stay-at-home mom, and you did not play sports up until recently, and then things changed dramatically. So we're going to get into that. Um, but before we do, I'm going to ask the question I ask of all my guests, and that is, what is your age at this moment in time? I am 49 years young. 49 years young, and you definitely modeled that. So, and, and, and I think our listeners are going to learn that. So I always like to go back to the beginning, and I ask this question all the time, but I have a feeling I know where this answer is going to go. But what did your early athletic life look like? Did you play sports or do anything like that growing up? I actually did nothing. I wish I could say that I did something, but I didn't. The most I did was recess. I mean, we all got to do that. <laughs> um, we all did recess. My story was pretty similar. Like, I wasn't doing anything either other than recess. Did you consider yourself, like, active or playful back then or not even that not even that I just I didn't I think I was scared of everything I just I never tried anything interesting interesting considering you know what things are like for you now so how long did that go on for like how long did you live a life where you weren't active you were scared to try things like how long did that go for actually probably to like my mid 40s okay okay it's just kind of crazy you know, like you said, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I raised my kids, and I lived through my kids, but when they went off to college, I decided I need to focus on me. Were your kids active? Did they play sports or anything like that? I mean, when they were like five, <laughs> so, so they, they dipped their feet in it, but yeah. they didn't, nothing jumped out for them, so. Because 
I've heard stories of moms who, you know, took their kids to practice, watch their kids play sports, be the spectator mom thing. And then when they grew up and moved out, it's like, okay, well, maybe I want to do this. But you didn't even have that. No, I've, I've tried to get them interested in my activities, but they honestly have no interest in it. Even now. <laughs> even now. That's like, they're, they're like, you do you and we'll do, <laughs> we'll do us. So your kids, you know, you raised your kids, you, you were a stay at home mom. They grew up they moved out. What changed for you? I, I think I just, I just kind of maybe had a midlife crisis and I needed to find something to spark my interest. You know, I no longer had to focus on them anymore. And I just, I wanted to focus on myself. Okay. And I would say the first step was I bought a pair of clearance running shoes. I mean, beautiful, beautiful shoes and they were running shoes. So I, I thought, you know, I should probably actually do a race. And that's <laughs> when I did my first road race. And I was hooked. I loved it. And what was the distance of that first road race? It was a 5K. I love that. You're like, I got clearance shoes. The immediate thought is run a race. I also love that, you know, you were at a stage in your life where you're like, I'm going to do something for me. But, it, you know, there's a lot of things that you could do for you. You know, you could take up a hobby. You could, you know, learn how to knit. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just throwing. I, I already did all those mom things. I like. Okay. You got I, to I all needed, of those hobbies. I was like early. super mom. So I wanted to try something totally totally new, just totally step outside my comfort zone. So way, yeah, way to the other side. That was how the midlife crisis manifested for you. Right. So you ran your first race in your clearance, beautiful clearance shoes. You were hooked. What happened next? I started collecting medals and I, I kind of became a medal addict. I was placing in my age group and I was placing in masters and I just, it inspired me to just want to do more and just, just keep going on with it. It's such a thing, right? That like, you get, you start off by collecting finishers medals and then right. you want more of those. It's, it's, it's kind of the racket of racing, right? Like they, right. <laughs> they reward you with these beautiful medals and it's like, that's their marketing technique to get you to do more of these things. And then the reward increases because you start placing, you start seeing, it's like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. And you start placing and that makes you want to do more. And it's why I like to do what I do, which is, you know, I like to help women over 40 pursue their athletic potential, because I know that the reward that you get from crossing a finish line, from getting that medal fuels you and energizes you to want to then push yourself a little bit farther. And it sounds like that's what was happening with you. Oh yeah. I was like, constantly signing up for new races. I was always, I always had a race in the books. And what kinds of different races were you doing? I did mostly 5Ks, but I did um, as high as a half marathon or I did about four half marathons. Okay. So you were primarily doing road races, right? Right. Oh, totally road races. Yeah. And how old were you around that when you were doing this? I would say that was, I was probably 44, 45. Okay. So mid forties is when you got started on on all of this, proving, proving that it's never right. too late and you're never too old for anyone who might be listening. So how did things then escalate beyond road races for you? I would say I had never even been in a gym before in my whole life. So I walked in my first gym ever about four years ago and I just started developing muscles. And why did you do that? It was just something to do, something new to try. What, what, what encouraged you to go to the gym? I just, I just wanted to get stronger. I mean, I was getting stronger with running, but I just, I wanted to just get stronger physically. Right. So I started going to the gym Okay. and someone there said, you should do a bodybuilding competition. Okay. So within eight <laughs> months, I did my first bodybuilding competition, wow. which was another thing totally out of my comfort zone. So 
you wait for road races and you're like, I'm kicking some butt here. And then somebody threw a new idea at you and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing it. I love this. I love that yeah. something clicked for you in your forties that you're like, I'm going to try anything. Oh yeah. It was awesome. It was so, so scary. And I don't know that I'd ever do it again, but I mean, it was amazing. Go on with that. Like, why was it amazing? So considering that you said you'll never do it again. Why do you feel it was amazing? What did it do for you at that time? I would say I'm a super shy person. So it was amazing that I could put myself out there and, and try something so bold in front of like a huge audience. And I mean, walking out on a stage in glass slippers, basically in a bikini is a pretty scary thing anyway. So like no matter what, <laughs> right. Why do you think it's important to do things like that? That scare you now? And especially because your whole life, you never did anything that scared you. You were, you, you wouldn't try anything. Why do you think it's important now? I just wanted to live. I just, like I say, I, my whole life was focused on my kids and I just wanted to try any new thing I could, any new adventure. And that was definitely an adventure. I would say so. And that led me from developing, <laughs> from developing those muscles, it led me into OCRs. Okay. So obstacle racing. So how did you then get into that? A trainer at the gym asked me if I wanted to do my first OCR. And so I did. And again, I was hooked and she kind of gave up on the whole idea of OCRs after I did it with her. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've continued to do it for years and I, I love it. It's, it's a great combination of muscle strength and running. Right. So it kind of married the two, the two worlds. And I, it's so funny because when I did my first obstacle race, I did it with a group of my boot campers. I'm a trainer and I did it with my boot campers. And like, they, they were like, that was fun this one time. And I was like, I want to do mm -hmm. this for, oh, I want to always do this. So it's kind of funny, right. like you go in with a buddy and your buddy's like, well, that was a fun diversion for a day, but I'm good. But with you and with me, it's like, how can I do more and more and more and more of this? Oh, yeah, it's, it's totally turned into a solo activity for me. I don't do it with anybody. I just, I just do it by myself. And that's totally fine because you get to, you get to see what you're capable of. Right. And so when, when did that first start happening for you? That was probably three years ago, I think. And I think I've done about 14 since then. Okay. Awesome. And do you compete? Do you do competitive heats in obstacle racing? I've probably done like maybe four of them and I placed a uh, third place in my age group twice for Spartan. Nice. Congratulations. Sorry, not for Spartan, for Savage. Okay. Cause yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you're out, you're out that way. I'm on the West coast. We don't get those races. Savage doesn't come out our way. I've been wanting to do oh, one. Too bad. I know I hear they're fantastic, but they they have not made it out to the West coast and I have not made it out to the East coast. Um, and, and where, where are you based? You're I'm in Georgia, right? Georgia. Let's get a little specific. Like what does obstacle racing do for you? Why does it light you up so much? Cause you're still doing those, right? Like I am. Yes. Why is that lighting you up right now in your life? You know, I would say it makes you really dig deep and, and push yourself to your limits. It shows you the determination that you have. Right. You know, I did it. I did a beast, which is like, I don't know, like 15, is it 15 miles, I think. Yeah. It's about a half marathon distance now. I did it in November in the freezing, like literally freezing rain. And it was probably the worst experience. I worst and best experience I've ever had. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that like it's worst best? Go on. Dig, let's dig into that a little bit. Why was it worst best? I seriously felt like I was going to die. Like I didn't feel like I was going to make it. I was so cold. And, you know, I had people along the way giving me their gels and stuff just to help me get through the race. You know, and I it 
took me longer than I anticipated, but I, I made it and it felt really good to make it through that race because it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. It shows that you can do hard things. You can do really hard things. And we all have the capability. We all have the resilience and the grit to do hard things. And I've had very similar race experiences. Um, Spartan world championships last year in Lake Tahoe was in 25 degree temperatures. And then we did a cold water swim and it was, um, like one of the hardest things I've ever done, but I understand that feeling of crossing the finish line, having done one of the hardest things you've ever done and doing something like way beyond anything you ever imagined you do in your life. And it's, it's so rewarding to look back. And then you're like, I, I hope I'm never in those circumstances again, <laughs> but, yes. but you know, you can, like, if you are, right. you know, you can. So, yeah. you know, yeah, that race earned me my first trifecta, which is pretty cool for Spartan. Yeah. You know, and that's, I, I did. that's their marketing thing is like they, yeah. there are three distances and they give you a medal that the different medals that make a big Voltron medal. Um, right. and it keeps you coming back for more and more. And I did two of those races with a broken tailbone. So what? <laughs> yeah. That, so that, that was pretty phenomenal. I was, I was going to get it no matter what. Yeah. yeah. You know, you dig deep and you, you, you make it work, right? Definitely. Yeah. So obstacle racing, that's a thing you, you, started doing you're currently doing provided we're able to do it in this world we're in and i know savage has had some races during this time so when was the last time you got to race uh it was about a month ago okay so and you, i and i placed third so yay congratulations Thank now you. let's move on because i don't think i've brought this up yet but let's move on to american ninja warrior this person who never played sports her whole life didn't start getting active till her forties. How did you end up on American Ninja Warrior? Okay. So I was doing these OCRs and I felt like I needed to improve my grip strength. So I started going to a climbing gym because I thought that's a great way to improve your grip strength. And people saw the crazy stuff that I could do at a climbing gym. And they said, you should be on American Ninja Warrior. So I went to my first Ninja gym and from there I, I was hooked and I've been going ever since. And that was about three years ago. Now here's the difference between you and me, because I've, you know, I've done, I've done like 60 Spartan races. I've done a lot. And, you know, people see me doing grip stuff and I have had a lot of friends say, you should go on American Ninja Warrior. The difference is I have not, you (laughs) You know, I've tested for American Ninja Warrior a couple of times. They, you know, they, they do testing whenever they're in another, in a new city, getting ready to film. They bring Mm -hmm. on previous contestants and anyone who, they think might be interested to do testing. And so I've been on the course and first of all, it scares the crap out of me. Like everything's really up high. <laughs> that's, that's a weird thing for me. And then I'm just, I learned I'm really good at falling in water. <laughs> I really can nail that. So I, I don't know if I'm ready, but you, you know, you, you've reached this stage in your life where like fear is not going to hold you back. I love that. about. I, I, I wouldn't say it won't, it definitely hinders me a little bit. I think like old, when you're older in life, you think about things like, oh, I could hurt my knee. I could hurt my hip. I could break my neck, you know, as where you're a kid. And if you go straight into it, I mean, you're not thinking about any of that stuff and you're oh, just no. flying through the air and nothing scares you. So I, I wouldn't say I'm not scared, but I'm definitely more daring than I used to be. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you started going to ninja gyms. You, you got into it. Tell me about how you got on to the show. Well, I would say the first time, but we'll, we'll, we'll explain that in a bit. Um, tell me how you ended up on the show. Um, I had trained for, pro- let's see, I applied 
I went to the ninja gym and I trained for about four months and applications were first due. And I, I did apply even though I wasn't ready and I did not get on, which I think was a blessing. But good on you for putting yourself out there, you know, like not letting, because well, there's a lesson there about, you know, how we are all conditioned to only pursue things when we think we're ready and then we never think we're ready. Mm-hmm. But you put yourself out there admittedly before you felt you were ready and, you know, fate decided that for you. But, but you know what, you're still putting yourself out there, which I think is important. It was a blessing, I think, yeah. that I didn't get on because I, I truly wasn't ready. Yeah. Anyway, so then the next season came around, I had been training like crazy and I was honestly really ready for it. And, you know, 77,000 apply to the show and they only cast like five to 600. So you have like less than 1% chance to get cast. Mm -hmm. And I was cast, which was pretty cool. That's awesome. And I think a lot of it was due to my situation being that I was an older athlete. I didn't start anything till later in life. I'm 4'11". You know, and I'm, I'm 49 years old. So the cards are kind of stacked against me. So I think they wanted to see me succeed, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you have, I know for when they cast, it's like they're, they look for skill, but they also look for interesting stories that are going to be interesting to television viewers. And your story is something that viewers can connect with. I, when I watch American Ninja Warrior, I get really excited. First of all, when I see people over 40, because you just don't see that very much. There's very few. I've interviewed one other on the show, Selena Lanyell. Um, I interviewed her, but there's, there's, there's not too many because of probably a lot of what you just said that, you know, there's a lot of risk as you age, there's more risk and you, and you're not as fearless as some of these younger ninja competitors are. But so that's the first thing I look for. I look for women who are over 40 and then I look, I am five one. So I love seeing short people compete Oh, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) because I know that's a challenge. Um, on those courses. So you, you checked a lot of boxes for them to be a good story for television. And so that, that definitely helped you. So tell me about the experience of shooting and being on the show. What is that like? Uh, Like you said, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's so exciting and everything looks so big. And I mean, it's just, it's daunting looking at that course. I was just blown away. I mean, it, it looks so big, but still they, they, because I was so short, they did let me get up there and make sure that I could, I could touch every obstacle. So I had a fair chance. Yeah. Yeah, So I had a fair chance at everything anyone else did, which was pretty cool. That's really cool. But usually they don't let you, like, they don't let you try it in advance, right? No, no, I didn't get to touch it. I just had to reach out and make sure I could get to it. (laughs) Yeah. Did they have to make any adjustments for anything? Nope. Oh, that's good. That's good. Good design on their part. (laughs) Tell me about the experience. So the course is big. It's daunting. It's, it's at night, right? Right. So it's at night, often in the middle of the night, there's crowds there. You had, you got to bring people to watch you, right? Right. I had a whole group of family and friends, which was awesome. Yeah. That's really, really cool. What time did you go? Cause I know sometimes it's like three in the morning. What do you remember what time you went? I think my runtime was somewhere between 12 and midnight. So it was, I mean, 12 midnight, 12 and one o'clock. So it wasn't too crazy. That's good. That's good. I went into that situation with a little bit of a problem. Okay. And two days before the show was to take place, I was training and I fell on an obstacle and I broke my wrist. Oh gosh. So at the, at the time I didn't know I broke my wrist. I mean, my wrist was gigantic but they didn't say it was broken. So I decided to go ahead and compete anyway, because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. So I, I mean, so that actually added to my fear because I had an injured wrist going out there onto the stage. 
Yeah. So just like mentally compromised just a little bit going on. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And then how, how did that run go? Well, obviously not very well since, <laughs> since I had a broken wrist. <laughs> I made it through the new shrinking steps, which was awesome. But when I went to jump and grab the rope, my wrist just gave out and I came crashing down on the platform Oof. and I broke my wrist even further. Oh and, no! <laughs> and that's after that was when I found out I actually did have a broken wrist. I mean, if you didn't time. before, you did now. <laughs> <laughs> that just yeah. sealed the deal for you. But you got to do it. You got to be there. I did get to do it. And you got the first obstacle. So you can, you, you can say it wasn't the first obstacle, right? <laughs> well, it still was the first obstacle. Oh, okay. It was the end, the end of the first obstacle. But. All right. You got part of the first obstacle, but you got to do it. I did get to do it, but I felt so ready going into it. And I mean, well, I'd say I felt so ready days before going into it. And I just wish I could have shown them what I had. Sure, sure. And you can't help when these things happen, you know, injuries happen when you're an athlete, it happens and you just gotta, you have to deal with it, but you got to experience that experience um, out there, which that was actually my first broken bone in my entire life. So, but I didn't do, I didn't do anything. So I had no reason to break anything. I know I'm kind of, yeah, I, I have broken bones, but not from activity from like accidents, (laughs) but, but yeah, when you don't do anything you know, now it's going to happen now, I guess. So, uh, you, you did that, that season. What season was that one? That season 12. Season 12. Um, when was that the last season before this one? I don't, I don't know where it's at. Yeah. We, we uh, yeah, we're currently at 13. Oh no, no, no. That was season 11. My mistake. We're currently at 12. I think people listening are like, whatever <laughs> she says, <laughs> unless they're like hardcore ninja fans. Okay. So this year is season 12. You applied for season 12. I did. And I, I got cast again. All right. And so lightning struck twice. Right. And and it was pretty much based on redemption. They wanted to see what I could do now that I'm all healed up. If you're whole. (laughs) Right. And so we're getting ready to film in Washington, DC and then COVID hit and they had to totally change their whole format of the show. And so they dropped the numbers down from the 500 that were called down to 150. And I didn't make the cut, unfortunately. Oh, man. Oh, man. So you, you were this close to getting back. Right on the cusp. Right yeah. on the cusp. But you know what? You know, knock on wood, the lightning did strike twice. They love your story. So hopefully when things get back to hopefully, you know, knock on wood, normal, <laughs> you'll, get your cha- you'll get your redemption again. I hope so. I'm training for it. So. so, yeah. So I see you, you know, I found you on Instagram. And I think like Spartan Women Strong posted a video of you uh, on a ninja course in your backyard. You have this like crazy, awesome ninja course in your backyard. And I think you were doing the salmon ladder, but doing flips on every, every move. I don't know what you Yeah, call I, it, I've but. got my own way of doing things. <laughs> <laughs> why not? You know, it's different. So why not? When you reach a certain age, you are not bound by society's <laughs> rules anymore. You can do your own. And we can do whatever we want. <laughs> That's right. No one's judging you. Um, in fact, they're celebrating you because you're doing flips every time you move on the salmon ladder. So I saw that and I was like, okay, yeah, she's got to be on. She got to be on the podcast. Um, so in this COVID time, that we're in, how have you kind of maximized this time for yourself and your training? Well, um, actually during this COVID time is when we built the course in our backyard because gyms had closed down for two months. So I really wanted somewhere to train. And so we just built this course in our backyard and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. 
and then from there of a creation (laughs) i mean it's it's truly amazing it's the most beautiful backyard i've ever seen in my life but i'm kind of partial but anyway people saw that and since then we've been building ninja courses for people all over georgia that's so cool and it's it's just so nice that you have that space um and that you could build that for yourself and now you've created this playground that it's like you don't even you don't even need to go anywhere now no it honestly is a playground it's it's amazing. It's I really mean, cool. It makes me feel like a kid to get out there and run and jump and swing and fly. It's I mean, the kid that I never was. That's the thing, right? That's it right there is you're you're making up for lost time, you're making up for experiences that you didn't have and you can do that. And we all can do that if you if you grew up and you didn't play sports, you didn't you weren't active, you didn't do playful kid stuff. That's is what I love about obstacle racing. Because I, when I was a kid, I wasn't going across monkey bars. I wasn't climbing ropes. I wasn't doing, I wasn't crawling in the dirt. And now <laughs> I get to do that, I'm, you know, on the verge of 46 and I get to do that stuff. And it, it's so fun and it's joyful, right? Like you yeah, just I could do without the mud, but yeah, the rest of it's joyful. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> we all have the things we like and dislike. It's, it's joyful movement. And I think a lot of people are missing that or don't know that that's possible. And so you're showing that it's like, it doesn't matter what you did your whole life. You can find the joy in, in play and however that looks for you. Would you, would you agree with that sentiment? Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, I mean, it's never too late ever, never, ever, ever. So um, let's, I like to talk about highs and lows of, you know, your athletic endeavors and, you know, you, you have only recent memory to choose from. So hopefully this is an easy question, but what was your like worst or lowest or like worst race day or competitive moment? I mean, honestly, it was Ninja Warrior. I mean, it was my best and my worst. It, it was <laughs> yeah. going into that show with my broken wrist and not being able to show the world what I had to offer. Yeah. Now, but what- my best. I can tell you my very best. Before we get there, before we get okay. there, um, I have a follow-up question. Okay. What was the most important thing you learned from that moment and that experience? I would say go into things full force. I The reason I fell is because I doubted myself and I didn't fully commit. And, and that's when I fell. So, I mean, I think you've got to believe you can do it and you've got to do it. I mean, yeah. don't doubt yourself. That's that's when injuries happen. Yeah. And and when that self-doubt creeps in, that's, it's, it's like a fear reflex goes up and you, you, you hold back. Right. That's when I panicked Mm -hmm. and then I fell. It's a protective reflex. Now I just look at my goal and I, you know, if I'm going for an obstacle, I just totally focus on that obstacle. I don't look at the ground. You know, I don't want to fall on the, I don't want to look at the water as you would say. Right. Right. So I, I just stay focused on that next obstacle and I just go for it. That's so important. When I played roller derby, I played roller derby for a bunch of years and then I trained people to play. And I, I had a phrase and I said, if you look down, you fall down. Mm-hmm. And so you go where your eyes are, go where your eyes are. Look, look forward to the obstacle or even look past the obstacle uh-huh. to the other side. Um, and so it's hard to practice. You know, I don't always practice what I preach, but it's, it's, if you look down, you fall down. So that definitely applies in that situation. So that's, that's a really cool thing that, you know, you took out of it, a really important thing that you took out of it. All right. Let's talk about your best day. What was that? Okay. So my best day. All right. So I know a lot of people have boxes of trophies in their parents' attic. Well, I never had anything. Um, at 44, I got my first trophy ever. And I was the first female finisher in a zombie themed night race. 
And I won a trophy that was three feet tall with a severed foot on top. So, so for a first trophy, I mean, that's pretty darn amazing. That's badass. I mean, it sits sits on my wall and I I love it. It's, I mean, it, it inspires me to do more. So to get out there and do crazier things. Right. Well, it's like, and it, and it kind of, it's got a sense of humor to it. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm, is it a reminder to just like not take everything so seriously? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. That's what I would get from that. But I mean, seriously, for a first trophy, that's pretty cool. I think that's way cooler than any first trophy. I, I don't even know what my first trophy was, but. But being that first female to cross the line, like, I mean, I'm looking back thinking, is, am I really the first one? Like, I, I mean, it shocked me. I, I couldn't believe I couldn't see anybody in front of me or anyone behind me. So. And was it one of the, I've done a zombie run before. And in fact, I was a zombie in one of those zombie runs um, where it's like my experience. And I don't know if yours was similar where you go through patches where nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden people are chasing you around and you're like having to duck away from zombies. Cause they're trying to pull like little <laughs> tags off your belt. Is that, was that? No, that? It, it wasn't that kind of race. It okay. was just like a race at Halloween. So. Okay. Okay. So nobody so was trying there, to chase there was you. Nobody, there was nobody chasing me. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The zombie I know, I know that I did, races I you're to, talking about. So. Yeah. They like, I did this whole zombie transformation. Like I had to be there really early and they like had like Hollywood makeup artists doing zombie yeah. transformations. And then yeah, I was a zombie on Walking Dead. So I got to, oh, yeah, I got to experience that. So that was another one of my midlife crisis things to do. So. You'd be an extra on the Walking Dead. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like anyone who lives in Atlanta, that's just like a rite of passage. If you haven't it been definitely a Walking Dead, you haven't. <laughs> you don't deserve to live there. Like that show's been on for so long. Everybody, every resident of Atlanta should be a a zombie (laughs) on that show at some point. (laughs) That's so cool. Let's talk about some of the, the challenges and advantages that, that you face as an athlete, not just an athlete in your forties, but an athlete starting in your forties. What type of unique challenges have you found that you face that are like age related challenges that possibly get in the way or slow you down with what you want to accomplish as an athlete? I would say my cardio is not the greatest, even though I do OCRs. I mean, cause you run and then you do an obstacle and then you run. So, but my cardio is not the greatest. Um, and since I broke my wrist, now I have arthritis in it. So mm-hmm. that's a new challenge that I'm facing. So I, I would have sore wrists and I, I definitely feel things more the next day than probably I would have if I was younger. Right. And again, there's just the whole fear thing of being older. I mean, and trying new things. So, yeah, because you're, you're just a little more protective of your body. You're not right. You know, such a daredevil that you might have been if you started this, you know, like in your teens or 20s. Right. 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 OK. And on the other side, what types of advantages do you feel you have as someone who not just competes at the age you're at now, but, but started in your forties, what type of advantages does that bring into what you are looking to accomplish? That's a tough one. I would say probably as an older adult, I just like to prove people wrong. Hmm. So I think people underestimate me and I, I just want to get out there and show them that I can do more than they, they think I could do. Right. So like in a way, stubbornness is your advantage. I would say yes. Yes. <laughs> and now, now I just kind of want to win at everything. So I'm going to push myself maybe harder than someone else would. What advice would you have for people who have maybe had a life that's similar to yours minus the athletics now, or, you know, we have, we have people that listen and I have people that come to me and it's like, I've never done anything. I've never played a sport. You know, that's, that's a, my similar story. It's obviously your story. 
and they might be scared. Like they hear you and that's like, well, that's all well and good. The ninja, you know, um, tiny ninja, (laughs) but, uh, I don't know about me. Um, what advice would you have for them? Well, you know, I mean, I'm a big old scaredy cat. Everything used to scare me. So I would say just, you know, step outside of your comfort zone, just try something new. Um, you never know what you're capable of. Just dip your toes in the water and, and find what works for you. Right. It doesn't have to be. No, like, I mean, you can start, you can start small. Mm-hmm. You can start small, dream big, and who knows where it'll take you. Yeah. I mean, look at your story. Like you you started by buying a pair of clearance tennis shoes because your kids were out of the house and you wanted to try something new and signed up for a local 5k, right? Like right. when One you, thing led to the next. So. Right. Like when you signed up for that 5k could like if you went, went back and had a conversation with you at that time and you were like, you're going to go on American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> what would that person say to you? I would say you are crazy. Right? I, mean, <laughs> I can't, I can't even imagine that I, I mean, that was just crazy. Yeah. So it's like, you don't have to think about these things. So just start with where you're at and, and just if, baby steps, baby steps, or and not just where you're at, but maybe just like a little past where you're at. You right, know, but even just like a race, just get out and walk a race. You don't have to run, that is true. you know, walk a race. And then the next one, maybe jog a race. Next one, maybe you'll be running a race. Right. You, know, you never know. Just start with a fun run. Yeah. And you, you don't have to start right into a 5k. Right. Exactly. And you are a living example that we all have the capacity to grow and expand our abilities. And you started with that 5k and then moved on to longer and longer races and bigger and crazier challenges, but you know, we grow over time. And so you you're showing that. And so Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think they need to get from point A to point Z quickly, but really it's a journey. And that's, that's what you've been on. Right. I mean, I, I learned by progression with everything. So even with Ninja, I start small. I, I have to do everything in steps. I don't just go out and jump on my flywheels and fly across the yard. Like it took me a long time to get to that point. It's really a thing. And I see it, you know, when I was teaching roller derby, I'd see people who were Bambi on ice come to me and slowly over time work their way up where they could play on a team and then become an all-star. And I, I watched that journey and I, I've been on the journey with obstacle racing where I couldn't do any of the obstacles. And then it's like slowly one after now the you're other. you're a superstar. Thank you. <laughs> I will accept that compliment. And, and with your journey, it's like, you, you know, ninja obstacles are really challenging and just one by one by one, that's what you're doing. And it's, you know, talk about, talk about the feeling that what it feels like when you finally something clicks on an obstacle for you, what does that feel like? It, it feels amazing. Like I just, and when some, when one obstacle clicks, the next obstacle clicks, it's like the whole day. Like if something clicks, everything clicks. And it just feels so easy. You know, I feel like I'm just flying, like I'm weightless. Oh, gosh. That sounds it's, cool. I mean, it's a phenomenal feeling. Like when you do something right, you, you can feel that you did it right. Right. You know, you know, it's working. And most likely, like whatever worked for that one can then play a role in another one, right? Oh, definitely. A lot of things, it's the same motion. Mm-hmm. So once you figure that out, I mean, it's easy to get the next obstacle. That's so cool. That's so cool. I love it. So um, in light of everything going on in the world with the pandemic, what are your competitive plans for the future? Well, I'm obviously going to keep trying to get on American Ninja Warrior. And even if I don't get on, that's okay. 
I, I just want to continue to be the best athlete that I can be. And um, I'm working on a goal of being able to open a gym down the road, down, down the road, meaning in time, sure. <laughs> not actually down the road. Literally, maybe. But, down the road. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's my goal. So, um, and I'm hoping to be able to train older seasoned athletes. There you go. There you go. I, I really want to work on training women that are maybe 55 and up and just getting them in a gym and showing them that things are possible. And like I said, to start small and improve as you go along. Yeah. Meet, meet them where they are and then show them what they can do. Definitely. That's what I like to do too. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Very cool. Before we wrap up, how can people follow you online so they can see all the cool stuff that you're doing? I am on Instagram and I'm at Miss Buff to you. So it's at M-R-S-B-U-F-F number two, letter U. (laughs) I like it. And that's mostly the platform I'm on. Yeah. A little bit on Facebook, but mostly Instagram. Mostly Instagram. And that's where people can see the cool stuff you're doing. That's that's where I put on my craziness. Yeah. Yeah. All the craziness is there and they can see your incredible backyard gym. Um, And then if somebody lives in Georgia and has some land and maybe they're like, oh, I wouldn't mind having some ninja stuff in my backyard. Uh, Should they contact? Give give me a call. Should they contact you through through Instagram? Yeah, definitely. We've stayed really busy through this pandemic building obstacle courses and they're, they're just getting better with each one. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those creative pandemic jobs, right? It's like, you got to figure out how to, how to make money during this time. And you know, people, gyms are closed or they keep closing and reopening and there's no stability there. So people are looking to create things for themselves. Yeah. We, we started with, a um, building something. Well, we built a climbing wall for a woman that was, um, had a compromised immune system that couldn't get to the climbing gym anymore. Oh, wow. And that's kind of what led to all of the other stuff. So what a great way to provide solutions for people who can't get out or choose not to get out and have the, have the room. If I had space, honestly, being out in nature, flying through the air. And I mean, there's no other feeling like it. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't make you feel healthier, just, Uh you know, having that feeling and especially during this time when people are feeling really cooped up, to have something that gives you that feeling of freedom is mm-hmm. so beneficial. So, you know, you're, you're providing a great service for people because they get to feel free and oh, we definitely. all, we all need that right now. Well, I mean, uh, and when it's in your own backyard, you just go outside and you can just play. Anytime. Oh man, maybe I, you know, part of me is like, I wish I could move to Georgia. I'm not moving <laughs> to Georgia, but you know, I have a, just a tiny balcony here in LA, so I can't have yeah, it. I don't know how much you could build on a balcony. I, I really, it'd be really challenging. I actually but, have a course in my living room too. So. Oh yeah. What do you have in there? I, I have grips going all down my formal living room on the ceiling. So That's I can a, swing through the formal living room too. The formal living room. <laughs> So it, it's like I get to play the floor is lava and, and swing it. Oh man. See, okay, now that's something I can maybe do. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, for people who are looking to have a little more fun in their houses, it's time to set up a floor is lava uh <laughs> gym in your living room, in your right. formal living room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh and then dress up in your formal wear and fly through the living room. I think that's nothing, that's, like, it. nothing like it. Uh, you are, you are living my friend. You are living. All right. Before we wrap up and I ask this question to everyone, if you could leave us with one parting piece of wisdom, what would that be? Uh, I would just say, get out there, start small, 
dream big and who knows where it'll take you. Perfect. Perfect. I think that's the best way to wrap it up. (laughs) Start small, dream big, see where it leads you. Perfect advice. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for sharing your story, your late in life athlete story. People love those stories. I love those stories. And it's a great inspiration in so many different ways, just in general that, you know, it's never too late to start small, dream big and see where it'll take you to be creative during this time uh, where, you know, you can't get to the gym, but maybe there are opportunities to create the gym for yourself and create that feeling of fun, fun and flying and freedom wherever you might live. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your journey. And I love that you're even, you're on this journey. So uh, thank you for being on the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Seasoned athletes, are you struggling with drumming up the motivation to exercise? Does the mere thought of figuring out what workout to do send you into a stress spiral? Are your leggings and sneakers collecting dust? If so, I'm leading a free masterclass on Tuesday, December 15th that is just for you. It's called Get Motivated and Stay Motivated, how to get out of the quarantine slump and get back to achieving bold fitness goals. In this masterclass, I will share my secret strategy for getting and staying consistent with your fitness without adding stress to your life. Because fitness should and can be fun and joyful rather than something you dread doing every day. And this masterclass will show you how to get to a place where you want to get up and exercise each day. Imagine how nice that would be. My Get Motivated and Stay Motivated free masterclass takes place on Tuesday, December 15th at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And you could grab your front row seat at robinleggett.com slash motivated.